0: Sacramentalists, a podcast where the ancient Christian faith is brought to bear on issues prevalent in modern culture. I'm your host for today, Father Wesley Walker, here to bring you the next installment in our series where we're reading the tracks for the Times. Today we are continuing Track 27, which is John Cosine's work titled The History of Popish Transubstantiation. We will be reading chapters three through four today. Since Father Miles gave an introduction last time, I don't want to repeat him. However, I do want to make a quick point here about the tracts and our reading of them first. uh, Just because it's in the tracts and we're reading them doesn't mean we agree with all the points that they make. And this leads to the second point, which answers the question, so why read them then? Well, the answer is that we read them because they're important to our understanding of Anglo-Catholicism, the same way reading the Mayflower Compact and the Articles of Confederation might be helpful exercises in understanding American identity. While Anglo-Catholicism and Tractarianism are distinct and different, they are part of the same evolutionary tree. So we read them in order to better understand the evolutionary development of what we now call Anglo-Catholicism. So without further ado, let's jump into chapters 3 and 4 of Track 27. Chapter 3 how the Papists understand the doctrine of the spiritual presence. Having now, by what I have said, put it out of doubt that the Protestants believe a spiritual and true presence of Christ in the sacrament, which is the reason that, according to the example of the Fathers, they use so frequently the term spiritual in this subject, it may not be amiss to consider in the next place how the Roman Church understands that same word. Now they make it to signify that Christ is not present in the sacrament, either after that manner which is natural to corporal things, or that wherein his own body subsists in heaven, but according to the manner of existence proper to spirits, whole and entire in each part of the host. And though by himself he be neither seen, touched, nor moved, yet in respect of the species or accidents joined with him, he may be said to be seen, touched, and moved. And so the accidents being moved, the body of Christ is truly moved, accidentally, as the soul truly changeth place with the body, so that we truly and properly say that the body of Christ is removed, lifted up, and set down, put on the paten, or on the altar, and carried from hand to mouth, and from the mouth to the stomach. As Baron Garius was forced to acknowledge in the Roman council under Pope Nicholas, that the body of Christ was sensually touched by the hands, and broken and chewed by the teeth of the priest. But all this, and much more, to the same effect, was never delivered to us, either by holy scripture or the ancient fathers. And if souls and spirits could be present, as here Bellarmine teacheth, yet it would be absurd to say that bodies could be so likewise, it being inconsistent with their nature." Indeed, Bellarmine confesseth with Saint Bernard that Christ in the sacrament is not given to us carnally but spiritually, and would to God he had rested here and not outgone the holy Scriptures and the doctrine of the fathers. For endeavouring with Pope Innocent the Third and the Council of Trent to determine the manner of the presence and manducation of Christ's body with more nicety than was fitting, he thereby foolishly overthrew all that he had wisely said before denied what he had affirmed, and opposed his own opinion. His fear was lest his adversaries should apply that word spiritually, not so much to express the manner of presence as to exclude the very substance of the body and blood of Christ. Therefore, saith he, upon the account, it is not safe to use too much that of St. Bernard, the body of Christ, is not corporally in the sacrament, without adding presently the above-mentioned explanation, How much do we comply with human pride and curiosity which would seem to understand all things? Where is the danger? And what does he fear, as long as all they that believe the gospel own the true nature and the real and substantial presence of the body of Christ in the sacrament, using that explication of St. Bernard concerning the matter which he himself for the too great evidence of truth durst not but admit? And why doth he own that the manner is spiritual, not carnal, and then require a carnal presence as to the manner itself? As for us, we all openly profess with St. Bernard that the presence of the body of Christ in the sacrament is spiritual, and therefore true and real. And with the same Bernard and all the ancients, we deny that the body of Christ is carnally either present or given. The thing we willingly admit, but humbly and religiously forbear to inquire into the manner. We believe a presence and union of Christ with our soul and body, which we know not how to call better than sacramental, that is, affected by eating, that while we eat and drink the consecrated bread and wine, we eat and drink therewithal the body and blood of Christ, not in a corporal manner, but some other way, incomprehensible, known only to God, which we call spiritual, For if with St. Bernard and the fathers a man goes no further, we do not find fault with a general explication of the manner, but with the presumption and self conceitedness of those who boldly and curiously inquire what is a spiritual presence, as presuming that they can understand the manner of acting of God's Holy Spirit we contrariwise confess with the fathers that this manner of presence is unaccountable, and pass finding out not to be searched and pried into by reason, but believed by faith. And if it seems impossible that the flesh of Christ should descend and come to be our food through so great a distance, We must now remember how much the power of the Holy Spirit exceeds our senses and our apprehensions, and how absurd it would be to undertake to measure his immensity by our weakness and narrow capacity, and so make our faith to conceive and believe what our reason cannot comprehend. Yet our faith doth not cause or make that presence, but apprehends it as most truly and really affected by the word of Christ and the faith whereby we are said to eat the flesh of Christ is not that only whereby we believe that he died for our sins, for this faith is required and supposed to precede the sacramental manducation, but more properly that whereby we believe those words of Christ, this is my body, which was St. Austin's meaning when he said, Why dost thou prepare thy stomach and thy teeth, believe, and thou hast eaten? For in this mystical eating, By the wonderful power of the Holy Ghost, we do invisibly receive the substance of Christ's body and blood, as much as if we should eat and drink both visibly. The result of all this, that the body and blood of Christ are sacramentally united to the bread and wine, so that Christ is truly given to the faithful, and yet is not to be here considered with sense or worldly reason, but by faith, resting on the words of the gospel. Now it is said, that the body and blood of Christ are joined to the bread and wine, because, that in the celebration of the Holy Eucharist, the flesh is given together with the bread and the blood together with the wine. All that remains is, that we should with faith and humility admire this high and sacred mystery, which our tongue cannot sufficiently explain, nor our heart conceive. Chapter 4. The Popish Doctrine of Transubstantiation. It is an article of faith in the Church of Rome that in the Blessed Eucharist the substance of the bread and wine is reduced to nothing, and that in its place succeeds the body and blood of Christ. The Protestants are much of another mind, and yet none of them denies altogether but that there is a conversion of the bread into the body and consequently the wine into the blood of Christ. For they know and acknowledge that in the sacrament, by virtue of the words and blessing of Christ, the condition, use, and office of the bread is wholly changed, that is, of common and ordinary, it becomes our mystical and sacramental food, whereby, as they affirm and believe, the true body of Christ is not only shadowed and figured, but also given indeed, and by worthy communicants truly received. Yet they believe not that the bread loseth its own to become the substance of the body of Christ. For the holy scripture and the ancient interpreters thereof for many ages never taught such an essential change and conversion as that the very substance, the matter and form of the bread should be wholly taken away, but only a mysterious and sacramental one, whereby our ordinary is changed into mystic bread, and thereby designed and appointed to another use, end, and office than before. This change, whereby supernatural effects are wrought by things natural, while their essence is preserved entire, doth best agree with the grace and power of God. There is no reason why we should dispute concerning God's omnipotency, whether it can do this or that, presuming to measure an infinite power by our poor ability which is but weakness, we may grant that he is able to do beyond what we can think or apprehend and resolve his most wonderful acts into his absolute will and power. But we may not charge him with working contradictions. And though God's almightiness were able in this mystery to destroy the substance of bread and wine and essentially to change it into the body and blood of Christ, while the accidents of bread and wine subsist of themselves without a subject, Yet we desire to have it prove that God will have it so, and that it is so indeed. For that God doth it because he can is no argument, and that he wills it we have no other proof but the confident assertion of our adversaries. Tertullian against Praxeus declared that we should not conclude God doth things because he is able, but that we should inquire what he hath done. For God will never own the praise of his omnipotency, whereby his unchangeableness and his truth are implied, and those things overthrown and destroyed, which in his word he affirms to be. For take away the bread and wine, and there remains no sacrament. They that say that the matter and form of the bread are wholly abolished, yet will have the accidents to remain. But if the substance of the bread be changed into the substance of Christ's body by virtue of his words, What hinders that the accidents of the bread are not also changed into the accidents of Christ's body? They that urge the express letter should show that Christ said, this is the substance of my body without its accidents. But he did not say that he gave his disciples a fantastic body, such a visionary figment as Marcion believed, but that very body which is given for us, without being deprived of that extension and other accidents of human bodies, without which it could not have been crucified. Since the maintainers of transubstantiation grant that the body of Christ keeps its quantity in heaven, and say it is without the same in the sacrament, they must either acknowledge their contradiction in the matter, or give over their opinion. Protestants dare not be so curious, or presume to know more than is delivered by Scripture and antiquity. They firmly believe the words of Christ that make the form of this sacrament to consist in the union of the thing signified with the sign, that is, the exhibition of the body of Christ with the consecrated bread still remaining bread. By divine appointment, these two are made one, and though this union be not natural, substantial, personal, or local by their being one within another, yet it is so straight and so true that in eating the blessed bread, the true body of Christ is given to us, and the names of the sign and things signified are reciprocally changed. What is proper to the bread is attributed to the bread, and what belongs to the bread is affirmed of the body. And both are united in time, though not in place. For the presence of Christ in this mystery is not opposed to distance, but to absence, which only could deprive us of the benefit and fruition of the object. From what has been said, it appears that this whole controversy may re- be reduced to four heads. One, concerning the signs, two, concerning the things signified, three, concerning the union of both, and four, concerning their participation. As to the first, the Protestants differ from the papists in this, that according to the nature of the sacraments and the doctrine of the Holy Scripture, we make the substance of bread and wine, and they accidents not only to be signs. In the second, they, not understanding our opinion, do misrepresent it, for we do not hold, as they say we do, that only the merits of the death of Christ are represented by the blessed elements, but also that his very body which was crucified and his blood which was shed for us are truly signified and offered, that our souls may receive and possess Christ as truly and certainly as the material and visible signs are by us seen and received." And so in the third place, because the thing signified is offered and given to us as truly as the sign itself, in this respect we own the union betwixt the body and blood of Christ and the elements, whose use and office we hold to be changed from what it was before. But we deny what the Papists affirm, that the substance of bread and wine are quite abolished and changed into the body and blood of our Lord in such sort that the bare accidents of the elements do alone remain united with Christ's body and blood. And we also deny that the elements still retain the nature of sacraments when not used according to divine institution, that is, given by Christ's ministers, and received by his people. So that Christ and the consecrated bread ought not, cannot, be kept and preserved to be carried about because he is present only to the communicants. As to the fourth and last point, we do not say that in the Lord's Supper we receive only the benefits of Christ's death and passion, but we join the ground with its fruits, that is, Christ with those advantages we receive from him, affirming with St. Paul that the bread which we break is koinonia, the communion of the body of Christ, and the cup which we bless, the communion of his blood of that very substance which he took of the Blessed Virgin and afterwards carried into heaven, differing from those of Rome only in this, that they will have our union with Christ to be corporal and our eating of him likewise. And we, on the contrary, maintain it to be indeed as true, but not carnal or natural. And as he that receives unworthily, that is, with the mouth only, but not with a faithful heart, eats and drinks his own damnation, So he that doeth it worthily receives his absolution and justification, that is, he that discerns and then receives the Lord's body as torn and his blood as shed for the redemption of the world. But that Christ, as the papists affirm, should give his flesh and blood to be received with the mouth and ground with the teeth, this our words and hearts do utterly deny. So then to sum up this controversy by applying it to all that hath been said, It is not questioned whether the body of Christ be absent from the sacrament duly administered according to his institution, which we Protestants neither affirm nor believe. For it being given and received in the communion, it must needs be that it is present, though in some manner veiled under the sacrament, so that of itself it cannot be seen. Neither is it doubted or disputed whether the bread and wine, by the power of God and a supernatural virtue, be set apart and fitted for a much nobler use, and raised to a higher dignity than their nature bears. For we confess the necessity of a supernatural and heavenly change, and that the signs cannot become sacraments, but by the infinite power of God, whose proper right it is to institute sacraments in his church, being able alone to endue them with virtue and efficacy. Finally, we do not say that our blessed Savior gave only the figure and sign of his body, Neither, we do, neither do we deny a sacramental union of the body and blood of Christ with the sacred bread and wine, so that both are really and substantially received together. But, that we may avoid all ambiguity, ambiguity, we deny that after the words and prayer of consecration the bread should remain bread no longer, but should be changed into the substance of the body of Christ, nothing of the bread but only the accidents continuing to be what they were before." And so the whole question is concerning the transubstantiation of the outward elements, whether the substance of the bread be turned into the substance of Christ's body, and the substance of the wine into the substance of his blood. Or, as the Romish doctors describe their transubstantiation, whether the substance of bread and wine doth utterly perish, and the substance of Christ's body and blood succeed in their place, which are both denied by Protestants. The Church of Rome sings on Corpus Christi Day, This is not bread, but God, and man my Savior. And the Council of Trent doth thus define it, because Christ, our Redeemer, said truly that that was his body, which he gave in the appearance of bread. Therefore it was ever believed by the Church of God, and is now declared by this sacred synod, that by the power of consecration the whole substance of the bread is changed into the substance of Christ's body, and the whole substance of the wine into the substance of his blood which change is fitly and properly called transubstantiation by the holy Catholic Roman Church. Therefore, if anyone shall say that the substance of bread and wine remains with the body and blood of our Savior Jesus Christ, and shall deny that wonderful and singular conversion of the whole substance of the bread and wine into the substance of the body and blood of Christ, the only appearance and outward form of the bread and wine remaining, which conversion the Catholic Roman Church doth fitly call transubstantiation, let him be accursed. Now we leave inquiring what God is able to do, for we should first know his will in this matter, before we examine his power. Yet thus much we say that this Roman transubstantiation is so strange and monstrous that it exceeds the nature of all miracles, and though God by his almightiness be able to turn the substance of bread into some other substance, Yet none will believe that he doth it as long as it appears to our senses that the substance of the bread doth still remain whole and entire. Certain it is that hitherto we read of no such thing done in the Old or New Testament, and therefore this tenet, being as unknown to the ancients as it is ungrounded in Scripture, appears as yet to be very incredible and there is no reason we should believe such an unauthorized figment newly invented by men and now imposed as an article of Christian religion. For it is in vain that they bring scripture to defend this their stupendous doctrine, and it is not true what they so often and so confidently affirm, that the universal church hath always constantly owned it, being it was not so much as heard of in the church for many ages, and hath been but lately approved by the pope's authority, in the councils of Lateran and Trent. Well, there you have it, tract 27, chapters 3 and 4. Some interesting material here that certainly reflects earlier Tractarian attitudes towards Roman doctrines of transubstantiation. Fortunately, since the tracts were written, there's been quite a, quite a bit of progress between Anglicans and Rome in a number of places, in particular, on this doctrine. Well, if you like what we're doing, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and share us with your friends. You can email us with feedback or show ideas at thesacramentalist@gmail.com, at gmail.com, and also be sure to join the Communion of Patreon Saints over at Patreon for $5 a month. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be amongst you and remain with you always.